Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Winning season at returns at MyBookie, and that's where you can get double your first deposit. Get in on the action using promo code 3YARDS, and, uh, and that's how you double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So uh, get in on MyBookie, and remember to use the promo code 3YARDS Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. So your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Let me introduce you to SafeCubbies.com. SafeCubbies.com offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your office space into a safe, workable, and functional environment. Their cubicles, dividers, and modular workplace systems can be customized with graphic branding, sneeze guards, whiteboards, acrylic sheets, and magnetic panels. Most importantly, most of the surfaces are made of non-porous materials, which make for easy cleaning. Adding to their professional series, there are private room solutions as well as their classroom series. SafeCubbies.com is a local company with over 15 years experience working with the nation's leading modular display manufacturers. Give them a call at 754-216-1071 or visit them online at SafeCubbies.com. Once again, that number is 754 216 1071 for safecubbies.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. This is a recap of Dolphins Seahawks from Sunday. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here, and I, I'll just throw this out there. They are 
not ready to breathe or play with poise down the stretch and win some of these close games, Simon. They're just not. Uh, it's, it's a journey. I said it on Twitter the other uh, yesterday. I think it's part of the of the journey that we're going through. I don't think anybody thought that we were going to be three and one, four and zero oh at this point. And it's fine. It's okay. You know, I, I said with you, Alf, on the preview show on Thursday night that we, you know, if we were in it in the fourth quarter, we weren't blown out. We were a touchdown behind. I, mean, I know it got sort of ugly midway through the fourth quarter, but you know, it was a competitive game at seventeen fifteen at one point, uh, and, and the Dolphins were were in it. You know, they were always chasing but they're always in it against the probably the second or third best team in the NFC. You saw what they did to Dallas. You saw what they did to New England. You know, I, I think there's lots to be um, hopeful for, but you can't keep living on hope. You know, that at some point you're going to have to get across the line. But mm-hmm. I think they exceeded expectations last year with five with five wins. I don't think, you know, five or six wins this season is probably the, the maximum they're going to get I personally think but I think that's okay as long as they're showing progression I think they are there's lots of holes you know they can't stop the run defensive tackle is an issue uh, Mike linebacker is an issue beyond Devonte Parker receivers are an issue for some reason they're not throwing to Mike Gesicki running back is an issue you know right <laughs> tackle is an issue um, you know a lot of issues but there's also you know a lot of interesting little pieces of the jigsaw that are fitting into place plus don't forget you've still got two to come you still got four picks in the first two rounds next year you know it's part of a process and i think you know, i saw lots of area fans you know saying oh you know it's ridiculous it's, it doesn't do the dolphins any favors that justin herbert and joe burrow are both playing and playing well you know because i got lots of kind of oh you know we've got the tin man at quarterback and it, you know everything has to be perfect for him to be ready and this that it's not that at all flores said it today if i was his son if he was my son you know i wouldn't necessarily want to put him in the game given the car crash accident he had eight months ago or eight, uh, 11 months ago so i get that they're around him every day we're not around him every day but you know i was encouraged by what i saw yesterday but still there's a long way on the journey to go but it's certainly better than being blown out by 55 or 42 or whatever it was this time last year so certainly steps in the right direction but a long way to go yeah it doesn't help that justin herbert shot it out with tom brady and you can make a case he played better than tom brady although tom brady was magnificent in that game as well but you know 20 for 25 and a whole bunch of yards and three touchdown passes and two of them over 50 yards yeah that's pretty good on justin herbert's part yeah, he, he he was good yesterday. Chris, I think what, what bothers fans, and, and I, I'd be lying if it didn't bother me, is that they took a lead against Buffalo late in the fourth quarter. Then all hell breaks loose, okay, in the last five minutes. We're not talking about the last minute. We're talking about the last five minutes becomes an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. And then in this game, they seem to be right there knocking on the door to make the Seahawks. I said in the pregame show, Man, it would be I would be excited to watch Russell Wilson have to drive the length of the field to beat us, you know? Like yeah. that would make me satisfied. But man, he did it. He just did it six minutes before the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> but man, it's 17-12. You kick that field goal and you just know. We're giving we're putting up a bunch of field goals. We're in this game, but we're just not we're not making the play to actually beat a team with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right? Not at all. I mean, that's, that's that's it. I mean, five field goals isn't going to get it done against Russell Wilson. I don't know whoever thought it would. Um, and if you thought that you were going to... Did you agree with uh, kicking that last field goal? Because I thought that was a brain-dead decision. You have to go for it there. I'm sorry. Um, I thought that was a hard decision. 
I, I, I actually could have, I could have gone for the field goal. I was resigned to the field goal when other things had failed. I didn't necessarily think that there was anything better to do at that point. Um, but so, so I don't necessarily agree that, that they really needed to, to go for it. Um, I just, you know, there, there was a lot of miss. So there, so there were things in that game. I get criticized for saying that, you know, we caught breaks and it was like, well, we clearly didn't catch breaks from the officials because they were, they were atrocious. I thought, mm-hmm. um, and they, they had some, you know, impactful calls that were just like, you know, what, you know, so, um, so we didn't catch breaks that way, but I thought we did catch breaks because, you know, quite frankly, Russell Wilson missed throws that he normally makes. Yeah. And, um, and I thought that the, uh, the Seahawks kind of, they kind of let us, they kind of let us be into it. And, um, and I, I, I didn't feel like they played. I didn't feel like the Seahawks played like desperate for the win or desperate to, you know, to, to put us away. Um, I, I didn't feel like they played like they particularly respected the Dolphins, to be honest. Um, and so that's why, that's why it was, it was a little bit disappointing to me because, you know, by the end we're 17, 15 or whatever. And then, and then the, um, the Seahawks pile on some extra, some extra scores and it's like, okay, this score actually, to me, reflects what this game thirty-one fifteen reflects more to me what this game actually was, um, to me, and, and that's just that's just my one guy's opinion. But um, it was disappointing in as much as you know, the Seahawks allowed us to be close in it, but I don't think that we reached out and grabbed close and were like you know playing close and like playing good enough to really win it and that's that that was what was a little bit disappointing to me but then again we knew this was a really good Seahawks team and every team isn't going to be like that and um and that's fine we also know that the Dolphins tend to get better as season wears on last year they were 0-4 to start the season and um and then they went one and three over the next four games and then they went two and two over the next four four games and then i think they finished actually two and two in the last four games of the season but one of those games so it wasn't wasn't one of those games that ridiculous cincinnati game or you know something yeah, like that um so so clearly miami was improving the entire season and you expect that to be the case i mean sure the team that we saw in week three against the Jags certainly wasn't the team that we saw in week one against the Patriots. Right. Um, no. And even the team that we saw this weekend that could move the ball against the Seattle Seahawks, um, you know, wasn't that week one team either. So they're improving and that's great, but, um, but they're behind now. They're really behind schedule being one and three. And, um, and so the pressure is on because, because listen, I, I I've said it before the season. They didn't expect to be bad this year, no. so the pressure is on. Like Steve Ross opened up, you know, opened up the uh, the the checkbook and paid some money, and they had a lot of draft picks and got a lot of help that way. And um, you know, they went ahead and and grabbed Fitzpatrick to play again for this year anyway, which is a move to win now. Let's not get that twisted, okay? 
that you, you, you grab Fitzpatrick again and have him play again and start in front of Tua instead of having Tua develop because, you know, this is, this is the veteran that gives you the best chance to win right now. And, um, and so they're, you know, in their minds, they shouldn't be one and three. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they feel some desperation behind closed doors um, right now as they go on this, this two-game you know, West Coast road trip, San Francisco and Denver, um, and then come back home against the Chargers. Um, so, yeah, there's, they're behind. And I, I was a little bit disappointed with the showing this weekend, even though it was kind of close at the end. I, I thought it just felt – a way that was disappointing and that's um i don't that doesn't make any sense but that's that's what i felt so simon you, you disagree with me that i'm going for it when it was 17 12 and they they have it down there at the 12 yard line fourth and four you've got a whole quarter to play it's 17 12 you're about to make it 17 15 you've kept them i mean i don't see the you know god wins it if you make it seventeen fifteen, and the defense keeps to it keeps playing the way it has done, I you know, I just um yeah, I mean yeah, field goal wins it if if you keep playing the way that you're playing. Sorry. Yeah, I just felt I um, just felt they needed they needed more points. I mean, I just uh, and every yeah, but every you opportunity in, you have, and then Seattle, you know what I mean. Well, let's let's. Let's talk about I, I, there are a couple of things that I think we need to touch on before we can, you know, call it a day on on this game. Um, you know, one Noah Igbenogene because that's that's a big topic that we hmm. hear about on Twitter, um, and so we have to kind of discuss where that's going and what's happening there. Um, two, you know, it, it it's it's popping up all over the place now. Should should two a start? Um, is it is it too soon should he start getting into the games or should he just outright start or you know what um you know what do there's probably more to be said i mean i I, we'd love to to give the love shower the love on zach sealer but you know we already know that we all like him Mm -hmm. um so what about noah igmanogany um you know, Alf, what, what do you, what do you think of what he's done in this first month? Because he's, he's had a rough time of it. Let's, let's yeah, be honest. Uh, he's been thrown into the fire and maybe it's too much too soon, but it seems to be this coaching staff style. So who am I to tell them, all right, don't coach that way. They believe in, you know, become a fast learner. We're going to throw you, a, we're going to throw a bunch of stuff on your plate. And if you don't eat it all, we'll eat some of it for you. And if not, there'll be some more for you to eat next year. I think his his brain game is way off. There's a moment. There's a moment. And I said it on Twitter. I said, man, the Dolphins played a hell of a 29 minutes and 33 seconds of this first half because they accomplished a lot of the things that I think they needed to do, needed to accomplish to try to win the game, except for that one turnover. But on that scramble and the 57-yard completion to Moore, you could see Noah Benagane cheating up on the guy on the crosser because he doesn't think Russell Wilson's going to get that pass back behind him. But that's Russell Wilson. And, of course, Russell Wilson gets that ball there. And you can almost see the safeties look back at Noah Igbenogany saying, why are you here? And why is he catching that ball over there? And, of course, Nate Jones has to push, push him out of bounds. So, oh, man, it was 
that that was that was a bad moment. But besides Noah Benagane, uh Brandon Jones is not, you know, does he know? Are we sure that he knows the the, the playbook? Because there's several, there are several, and I mean, when I say several, I'm talking about four or five instances in this past game where it doesn't look like he's part of the same defense. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. When you did, have you looked at the all twenty-two? Uh, yeah, I have, and um, I looked at I listen. I'm not a coach, and I can't I can't tell you what the play call is. Um, I can tell you when when certain things when there are puzzle pieces that don't fit. All I can do, um, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can look at the five other guys in the secondary with him. Right. See what they, I, what they are doing. Look at the, look at what he's doing. <laughs> you can look at the communication. I mean, right away in the first quarter, I you know you can see communication between Xavier Howard. That big play that Xavier Howard lets up. Um, you know, it, just before the snap, the Seahawks had shifted, right? And the shift, uh, the shift brought Miami into more of a split safety look into, uh, you know, the, the safeties covering the, the deep halves and there were supposed to be a, an adjustment and you could see Xavier Howard trying to, uh, to communicate it before the snap. And, um, and, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, it, look, it sure looked like after the play, like Xavier Howard's afterwards, like, you know, hey, why didn't I have deep half help over here? And he's looking at Brandon Jones, and Brandon Jones had had bid on something else, like bid on something underneath. And, um, you know, that wasn't even his – it wasn't even the guy that had come into his zone. It almost almost like he was still um, – he was still playing center field. And, um, and so – you know, it, it didn't look, it didn't look right, but you know what, here's the thing about Brandon Jones and about Noah Igbenogany is this is a, there's a, there's a little bit of a perfect storm going on with Noah Igbenogany in particular, because a, I don't, I don't even remember ever seeing a rookie corner have this much thrown at him in the first month that he's, you know, played. Uh, certainly, I mean, there's no preseason games, so <laughs> he didn't even get those. And but in, in his first month, throwing a you know throwing a uniform on, they're playing him like he's Revis Island. Um, I mean, they, he's he's got to follow these guys all over the football field on these over routes, and you know cover it cover it 100 yards deep and you know 53 and a third yard yards wide. Um, and I think that uh, I think that's a lot of responsibility on him, especially when our pass rush isn't really up to snuff. It's a lot of man coverage, um, but then they mix in a lot of other things too. And, um, and I don't know. I, it just seems like it's way too much for a guy that's like in his third year playing defense period and in his first four games in the NFL. I mean, it's trial by fire doesn't even necessarily seem to, to capture it for me. Um so I, I think it's a perfect storm for him because also there's the secondary communication, which is clearly lacking in, um, at times throughout the game. I mean, I, I, I just went on Twitter. I put up a video uh, of, of a play. You know, they start, they start having a receiver cross the formation um, pre-snap, and there isn't a single person on the entire defense that adjusts or even communicated as it happened and then the guy just ran out to the sideline and not a single person was covering him i love that play in particular because xavier howard ignores that there's a guy coming into his area yeah yeah and, just and just they're obviously in zone right yeah so, exactly and it's like 
So if you're in zone, nope. all of a sudden you got to see Xavier Howard say, hey, one, we got a one over here, which means flanker. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got a wide receiver over here because it's Swain, right? It's Swain who was mm-hmm. in motion. Okay. So there's nothing. has to acknowledge that there's a wide receiver coming into his zone, right? He completely ignored him. Like, what the hell was that? Didn't, did nothing. No community. Nobody even tried to communicate. Like, nobody even, you know, nobody made I, an, a, in any, my opinion, an adjustment I, 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 no, or communication. Yeah. And and really, let's be honest, on some of those Brandon Jones plays, like the one I cited, where Xavier's like, you know, why weren't you there? Do we know that Xavier, you know, was good with his <laughs> communication before that play? Um, no, we don't. And and so so we don't know who to blame on there. What we do know is that there isn't very good communication at times going on on the defense. And so I've seen several plays where Noah Igmanagane is like clearly playing as if he has deep help, except he doesn't. <laughs> you know, and and so it it just ends up being a total shit show for him because not only they're putting a lot on his plate. But like there are times that the communication is just so rough out there that it's just it makes him look even worse on a couple of plays. Yeah, I think that on that particular play, there was they're just hoping that Russell Wilson would would you know not see that Swain had nobody covering him. Yeah, <laughs> after the play was designed for him because it was on a third and four. Yeah, like, right. It was yeah, it was it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. just it was just bad. Simon. But also the pl- the pl- the big play that Noah sorry Simon you can go after this but the the big play that um, Noah gave up along the sidelines, um, you know there was there was a, a big catch I think it was toward the beginning of the of the game or I forget exactly when it was. Um, it was at the end of it was at the end of the first half to more. Yeah, and it was and it was a situation where the Dolphins were still trying to sub their defensive players onto the field, even though you know, the Seahawks were going right. Mm-hmm. And so the dolphins were still, they were lucky. They didn't catch us, you know, with 12 men on the field or something yeah, like yeah, that. But, we're but still... yeah, let, me, let me tell you one thing that, that pisses the, that pisses me off. Do these guys watch Russell Wilson? I've been watching Russell Wilson for four years. And for three of those four years, he's been doing this quick snap shit, especially yeah. in hurry up all the time. Well, he did that. He did that. We were still subbing people onto the field. I don't think the defense was really even called. Cause you could tell, you could look at Noah and he was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing out here. And so, and so he, he winged it and he acted like there was safety help over top of him. There was no safety help over top of him. touchdown, you know, and, and that's, and that's what it was. And, and, and it's like, well, when you have that kind of, you know, communication, those kinds of communication issues on top of having a guy in his third year on defense um, with, playing like he's Revis Island out there. Um, yeah, it's Igbo Island. As, as I said on Twitter, Igbo Island has a very busy airport right now. <laughs> yes. And uh, by the way, Xavier Howard was smoked in this game. He gave up six catches for 136 yards. Good thing he got that interception in the end zone. You know what I mean? It pads his Dang. interception stats. But he was Get it all out now. Get it yeah. all out now while, you know, and a yeah. loss. He was atrocious in this game. Okay, period. Just because DK Metcalf didn't light him up like a Christmas tree doesn't mean he was he wasn't atrocious. Just because Tyler Lockett was shut down for three quarters doesn't mean he wasn't atrocious. Trust me, Xavier Howard was awful in this game. Simon, I I guess what we're getting at, and you could tell by the tone uh, about what me and Chris are talking about, the stupidity of this team. Is it enough to say that the stupidity of this team prevented them from having a chance in two games, at least? 
Sorry, I tuned out about 20 minutes ago because I just thought you two were just having a little party yourselves. Um, Do you have a nap? Uh, I don't think stupidity. I mean, no, no, I just think it's just a lack of talent. You know, it's clear to me that Xavier Howard can't change direction the way that he used to be able to change direction. Those knees just don't seem to be, you know, holding up as they did before. DK Metcalf took him all over the all over the place and any time he had to change direction especially when Metcalf came inside and ran sort of slants or you know 10-15 yards post and then and then slant out so it's like Howard couldn't stay with him couldn't stay with the change of direction at all he, he's taking three four five baby steps to get back in the route he just can't do it um as for Igben Ogane he's the youngest player in the NFL he's 20 you know it's four games in I, some of the pearl clutching I saw on social media over the last 24 hours has been astonishing I think he's going to be a really good player. You know, what people aren't talking about is that for the most part, he shut down Tyler Lockett, um, one of the top sort of 20, 22 receivers in the NFL um, for a good portion of the game. Yeah, he had a couple of mistakes. The, the, the pass before the end of the first half, yeah, he bit up on the, on the inside route, which was probably his fault. But I'd love to know what the communication was because Bobby McCain wasn't in. It was Jamal Perry who was playing free safety. I'd love to know what the communication was from Perry at that point. Um, in terms of what the call was, um, because it, for all the world, it looked like Igben Ogane was expecting help in behind him. Um, it probably yeah, I don't was know. His fault. Was there any communication? That's the question. Well, exactly. If um, I could put on my, my, his my, my amazing Kreskin hat, I really do believe that Noah Igben Ogane in that on that particular play was doing the whole college thing of there's no way Russell Wilson could get it out here 55 yards rolling to his left. And then, of course, Russell Wilson gets it out the 55 I... yards rolling to his left. <laughs> I don't think he threw it 55 yards in the air. Well, from his I mean, vantage point, look where the ball, a, the ball is, the line of scrimmage, and where it gets completed. It's a long ways. It's a uh, difficult throw rolling to your left. Uh, it's a difficult throw, but, you know, it's it's the you know it's one of the best passes in the NFL over the past 10 years. I mean, yes. you know, um, but I, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. Um, you know, it's it's an experience. And he's he, he played all 67 snaps yesterday you know you don't do that if you're if you suck you you know some of the like i said some of the stuff i saw on social media was hilarious he's played four games you know he had to cover stefan Diggs and, and tyler lockett two of the best route runners in the league yeah it's, it's well, you, you know, we look you know what you know what now his, his preseason is over now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know stefan Diggs. Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams are the three best route runners in the league, and he's had to face one of those three. He's had to face one of the best slot receivers in the NFL in Tyler Lockett. I mean, you know, come on. He's just had one of the best. Smack. He's just had one of the most experiential preseasons any player has ever had. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a hell of a way to put it. So, so Simon, where yeah. does the help, since, you know, me and, and Chris were extremely long-winded, we were pretty fired up. You know, because I guess we got very excited watching all these fuck ups on the all twenty two. Simon, where's the help coming from? If or or is it not coming from this year? I mean, you need to get Byron Jones back, obviously. Um, I think there's significant question marks about Xavier and Howard moving forwards. I, I think they need a, you know, I think Bobby McCain played, you know, it was a great play that he did, that he made on the breakup of the DK Metcalf pass, but is he really your single high free safety? I know they talk about his communication and that sort of thing. Is that the guy that you really want back there? You know, help really will be coming next year. Uh, you know, is, De- is Devon God Chow it? I'm not sure that he is. I mean, you know, teams can run on us all day. You know, uh, we're not getting any push in terms of interior defensive line 
um, uh, against the run. You know, we can you, you can run on us pretty easily. Um, Jerome Baker is a nice player, but, you know, when you're playing two linebackers, annoyed us so much. You know, who's who's stopping? Who's stopping and stopping? You know, well, who's your Dante Hightower? Because it's not Jerome Baker. He's not the player. You know, is it? You know, it could be Mika Parsons. Could be Dylan Moses next year, but it, the, the guy is in the roster. It's definitely not Egwavan. It's definitely not Alandon Roberts. That's not Gruja Hill's game. He's a you know sub package passing down linebacker. Um, I, I just think people don't have to panic too much. What the real expectation? If people thought the Dolphins were making the playoffs this year, I've got a bridge to sell you. It's a process. You By know, the way, that Russell Wilson one and three. That Russell Wilson throw. That Russell Wilson throw at the end of the half. That that I I hypothesized that Noah Benagani thought he couldn't get it there. I just went over the tape. Russell Wilson threw it 51 yards in the air from release to completion. 51 that's, yards I rolling mean, to his left. That's insanity. Well, rolling to his left is one thing, but uh, 51 is not that that rare. Trust rolling me. Rolling to your left. So I don't think I don't think Noah was thinking. I don't think you have time process how far a guy's going to be able to throw it or not in the three seconds with which from snap to release. Well, especially since nobody was lined up. I mean, they snapped the ball while everybody was still kind of like up. They were, they were up. They were not like, they were still trying to figure out what they were doing. And so the ball is being snapped when nobody, including Noah Igmanagane is set is, is ready to go. And so it's bang, bang. He bit, it was over. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, we've spent enough time on the defense, so I'm going to go right back to you, Simon, since you know we have been long-winded on, on this side of the podcast. The offense is, I don't know, it's... Remember when there was a very famous, uh, I wouldn't call him famous, but well-known local personality that kept saying that Tannehill kept the Dolphins' offense inside of a box? This is what an offense looks like when it plays inside of a box, people. Okay. I don't know. It might be time, Simon. Would you go that to the it, hook? Though, already? They're throwing, they're th- no, no, because <laughs> it's clear he's clearly not ready. If he was ready, they'd be playing him. Well, it can't be clearly. We, we haven't seen him play, period. So we don't know that he's clearly not ready. All we've seen is him and we haven't. That's it. Because we're fans. Right. We, we haven't seen him. We're, we're fans. They've seen him. You know, we know five, 3% of what's going on. They, you know, these are professional football coaches. Whatever we think about their aptitude, they know what they're doing. You know, but, there's a reason why he's not playing. But Simon, and you also, know his uh, you know his time at Alabama as well as anybody. Alabama considered it the same way, and then he got out there in the national championship and won the fucking thing. He's a gamer. Yeah, and he, he did the Jonah Williams, Alex Leatherwood, and Jedrick Wills. Uh all first round tackles or Leatherwood will be next year. Uh, are we going to put him in the game with Jude Davenport at left tackle and Jesse Davis at right tackle? Well, not Davenport, like but Austin Jackson's doing well, fine. Solomon Kinley's doing you know, fine. Ted, you know, Austin Ted played, Harris hasn't been a disaster. Eric Flowers certainly Austin doing missed, well. Austin missed 35 snaps yesterday. Didn't come back in the game after he went out. He did come I mean, back in the game. Yeah, he finished the game. I don't think he, he did, finished did he? the game. Yeah, okay, he finished fine. the game. Well, he I played. Mean, he, he played quit, forty-six snaps. He's clearly not ready because if he was ready, they'd put him in the game. That's you know. Or maybe, or maybe Brian Flores is being stubborn on this thing, and he. Why has would he be stubborn? Well, no, I, to, we haven't reached the point of time, being stubborn. 
This time that's four games was, in. This time last year was he was loose and not prepared to be stubborn about you know. I don't understand why it would change because it doesn't f- fulfill our narrative. Well, maybe maybe he has it in his head when he wants to play floors, and he's not going to let anybody else tell him when to play floors. Well, well, that maybe could he, be. Or maybe, well, maybe he sees him every day. I mean, I, I thought that statement that he said today about if he was, if I was his son, if yep. he was my son, I would not feel happy putting him out there, given the incident that he had last year. I, I, to me, that says an awful lot. I don't think he said it in exactly that way. He said, he said, I wouldn't put him out there. I wouldn't put him out there just because the media wants me to put it out there. I'm going to put him out there when I, and it almost felt like, it almost felt like to me, like he was setting up that he's going out there because now I've decided not because you all assholes decided, you know, like, like that's, that's to me what that felt like. Um, and, and I think, I think, you know, you have to keep in mind, listen, I, I realize they see these guys in practice and we don't see these guys in practice and they know far more than, than we do about them. But this time last year, Josh Rosen was the starter. And you think that was because he looked better in practice. I sure as shit don't. So, I mean, so I, I think, I think it was, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of a different standard going on this year than last year. And that's okay. That's their prerogative. But, um, you know, it's I, I'm, I'm not in the territory of calling it stubborn yet to say that Tua is not in the game. I think there's a natural progression of this thing. And, and I think it's honestly we're getting close. I've said this before the season around week four, week five, somewhere around there is when I think you're going to start to see him on the field. And that was based on medical stuff that I've heard. You know, so so I, I think that we're getting close to that right now. I'm not willing to say they're stubborn. At the same time, I'm not going to just sit here and pretend like I know that like he's looking like shit in practice, like he's not ready because he may look like he's ready in practice and still not be in the game. OK, that I mean, there's there there can be reasons there. And I think that after what, what we had is we had a bad start to the season, certainly against New England. But then the offense got going against Buffalo. It really got going against Buffalo. We scored 28 points. And then we go to the Jacksonville Jaguars house and we beat them. We, and we hang up 31 points. So who's going to criticize Ryan Fitzpatrick and the offense at that point? Yeah. Right. Nobody. So, so I think that, you know, this is, this is just the way the season has played out. One step leads to another. And now the Seahawks game comes and it's like, okay, that wasn't a very good game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. If I'm being, you know, that's my opinion. Um, and, and now it's like, okay, well, should we think about going to two? I don't know yet. Um, it's, it's certainly, pop- you know what I, I would, I, at point, I would, I would get him in for series at least in the next game. I, I thought they had the perfect opportunity to put him in at thirty-one fifteen down. Yeah, and didn't, and I thought and that was didn't. quite telling. The game was over pretty but, much at that point. At the same time, the game wasn't over. I mean, we like no, it wasn't like no. we did. We did but come was, back. <laughs> but it was inexplicably. Over it was. Oh, and by the way, I have to say something over about enough. that. Dolphins it was. Make it, Dolphins make it thirty-one twenty-three, yeah. and if you remember, we used all three timeouts, and they ran a play mm-hmm. on third and four. And they somehow gave them the, the first down. Oh, yeah. Well, the officiating was criminal. And you can go on the all 22. And God damn it, I, I may not know a lot of things, but I do know that a first down is 10 yards. 
That ball was I mean, moved the, nine the yards. Nose, the nose of the ball first. wasn't even touching the goddamn first mar- first down marker when they did the chains. Yeah, I just know that it's 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 virtually impossible unless you get it by penalty to get a first down having gained nine yards. It's uh, just it, it's not possible. Anyway, that that's neither here nor there though. But that, um, that, sorry, the point I was trying to make was that that game was it was over enough to make a quarterback change without Absolutely. being over. I agree with that. I agree that was the you, point I was You could have, you could have, but I think it was, it was over enough. And I agree that you could have, but at the same time, it wasn't garbage time because clearly two drives still could have happened. Two drives still could have happened even with just, I mean, they had all three timeouts. So, you know, plus the two minute, I think plus a two minute warning and everything. So, they they had stoppages of clock. They could have they could have gone down the field, and they did in fact go down the field, get a touchdown and two point conversion, and use the stoppages of the clock, get the ball back, and then be throwing for the game at the on the, on the final drive. And that's and so the game wasn't really out of reach yet. And I just I just know I I think I know a little bit about how some of these coaches think, and I don't think any coach is making that change because they think the game is over. I think the coaches generally would have not considered the game over at that point, like still, still able to be won. Like, uh, and, and it, it was, it was still in reach. Yeah. After watching the all 22, I think that Chan Gailey is calling some tricky stuff that is popping certain people open, but Fitzpatrick is not seeing them, which suggests to me that Chan Gailey is probably using Manscaped to keep his balls nice and smooth. <laughs> how do you like that transition, Simon? Tell the people how they can also have smooth balls, just like Chan Gailey. One of the worst things I've ever heard you do. <laughs> I mean, literally one of the worst things I've ever heard you do. Oh, I guess in like, I mean, you know, if you don't know by now, if you didn't know by when I was literally holding the razor to the microphone last week, you know, that's what you should be doing. Getting yourself a, uh, a whatever it's called. I can't even think what it's called. Sorry. Um, the lawnmower? Sure the the lawnmower 2.0. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the lawnmower 3.0, isn't it? Yes. 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to keep up with the. Alf, you clearly screwed him up by talking about Chan Gailey's balls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, that all I, I doubt he uses a lot. <laughs> he uses Strimmer 3.0. I think <laughs> Chan does. Anyway, the Lawnmower 3.0. We all use it. You should use it. Nobody likes excess body hair, especially down there. 5RSN is your code for 20% off with Manscaped. You know what to do. No, there's no, um, I haven't got the shaver with me. Otherwise, I'd be rubbing it against the microphone, but you know what to do. <laughs> all right that, that was, that I'm was so cool. i'm so disgusted with the with the image <laughs> so disgusted with the image i don't know man watch the all game. 22 simon you got game pass put on the all 22 and watch it that that man that man that man had confidence in that booth this, light a few candles this, this plug in your lawnmower and uh and put on you know that what? all 22 yeah he was calling some tricky Do you know what stuff uses? <laughs> there what was people uses? open I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Does he use one of the lawnmowers that, like, you know, the self-powered lawnmowers? Right. Well, well, God, no. It's he it uses the ball twenty-two. Man. You know, the ball twenty-two. Yeah, I don't think he could. I don't think he could use yeah. that. That you know, that's a promo code. <laughs> I know our yeah. promo code is five RSN people, but ball twenty-two would be an uh, would be a good one too. All right, people. That's it. Right, we don't want to dwell on this game any longer. All right. Oh, we, did we you have to a, say it like that? Yeah, we give you a pretty impassioned uh, recap of this this that 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 game on Sunday. Okay. 
Uh, next time we talk to you, we'll preview 49ers, Dolphins. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.